and it scares me in a sense. It's like, well, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity now mm-hmm. when I wanted to do it and mm-hmm. then look back and think like, I didn't do that. Like, why did I not do that? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out in a sense. And so why not do it right away? Mm, I agree. And I, I, I've been feeling the same thing, especially being in your mid twenties. It's like, okay, I don't want this to turn to apathy. Like, it, it doesn't matter that it's not something that I'm interested in now. It matters that I was interested in it at one point and I didn't go after it. And now I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I don't want fear to just not cripple, but sort of hold me back from doing something that would be freeing and would be exciting and exhilarating, you know? Welcome to Low on the Go, a podcast about all things on the go. This podcast will start off mostly in the travel space, but I'm definitely not trying to niche down too hard too fast. My goal is basically to encourage a life full of energy, exploration, and adventure. And honestly, I want people to feel a little less alone in the world. However, all of this may look in podcast form. I'll be talking about travel, on-the-go recipes, and taking care of your brain. So yeah, that means some mental health shit. And probably more. A little about me, I'm a 20-whatever-year-old who has traveled to just over 20 countries and has lived in four cities. I've learned a ton about the best way to pack for airplanes, how to travel cheaply but still be bougie as fuck, and I've met a lot of people along the way who know a lot more than I do, and thank God they've offered to be on this podcast. I hope you listen and leave feeling inspired and equipped to take risks, chase your dreams, and stay on the go. Until next time, XO Hi, Anna. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. Good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's crazy. (laughs) It's over. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any plans for New Year's? Not really. No. Maybe I'll go camp somewhere. We'll see. You're going to go camping? That's so fun. Yeah, it's Florida, so (laughs) the weather works out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I miss the, like, the tropical weather with the palm trees. I miss Croatia. (laughs) Yeah. It was stunning. The water, so clear. So clear. And I don't know if I'm the only one that didn't know this, but I recently learned that it's probably so clear because there's no sand beaches. It's mostly cliffs and rocks. And so there's nowhere for, like, seaweed to grow. I don't know. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah, it's, like, the pebbles. It's sort of keeping all the debris down. Um, Yeah. It makes so much logical sense. I just didn't know. (laughs) Crazy the things we learn. Right? Yeah, it's about time. But thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today. I have been looking forward to having Hannah on this podcast for like two or three months now um so thank you for being here really I'm happy to thanks for inviting me of course so just a little bit of background between how I Hannah and I know each other um I was working in Havar in Croatia I was volunteering through World Packers at a hostel called Luca's Lodge and Hannah was one of my lovely guests and we kind of just started chatting and she told me that she had just gotten done hitchhiking around Iceland. So immediately I was like, okay, this chick has to be on the podcast. 
it's um it's very very short so she told me a couple of other stories of uh travel adventures she's been on and yeah again so so excited to have you on today hannah i'm excited um so a couple of just kind of getting to know you topics uh three things where are you from how old are you and how many countries have you been to um, I am from Florida in the States. I'm 25 and I've been to about 20-ish countries. 20-ish countries. I love it. And your most recent country that you were in that's not the United States is? Portugal. Portugal. Okay. How long were you there for? I was there for about two weeks. It was actually a little island in Portugal called Madeira. Okay. Oh, Madeira. Cool. Is it, is it kind of by like the Azores? Do you know? Yes, it is. I actually divided it between the two. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why did you choose Madeira? Um, it was honestly a little more accessible. Um, and it was a little larger, even though I was there for two weeks and really got to explore the depths of the island. Um, with the, I say Azores, I say it wrong, <laughs> but I, I, it, it was just a little smaller, so I wanted a little more exploring time, Cool. Which is why I'm there. That's amazing. Did you, did you do any sort of, like, work or volunteering there, or did you just like, run around for, like, two weeks? I actually uh, rented a car, and I stayed in a hostel one night. But the rest of it, I camped in my car, which is perfect because it's at my tent home in Budapest. And so I was like, well, the next best thing is to sleep in the car. And I was able to wake up at any location. But I found this one random street. Um, it was on top of this mountain. Had the most gorgeous views. And I would just camp there. And I was praying one day. I was like, Lord, can I just meet a family that would adopt me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> different countries I love to experience like the culture of things and meet um the locals and that night um this lady who actually spoke English um invited me to her house and we had coffee and we talked and I got to meet her husband Carlos and then she takes care of like two elderly women so I got to help her and so every morning she would come knocking on my car door she goes Hannah it is breakfast time One morning it was raining and she brought an umbrella. It was just the sweetest moment. So now um, we're sending each other Christmas gifts and then <gasps> riding each other, calling each other. I, I literally feel like I have a new mom and dad. Oh my goodness. And you just, that was just something you asked for and you prayed for and it yeah. came into your life like that night. And it seems like that's not the first time that something like that has happened to you. Like you've stayed with other families or met kind of, parental-ish figures along the way right yeah all throughout the trip you always find someone um who just sort of adopts you (laughs) and shows you their life kind of going back in your history a little bit when when did you get like the travel bug to start all of this and what was your first trip um originally it was back in 2016 when I went on a nine-month mission trip around um, South America, Asia, and Europe. That was my first time overseas, and it sort of lit this fire within me of, wow, I love to travel. I sort of thought that I would be 
enjoying like the scenery and the activities most, but it was the people and the culture that sort of just captivated my heart. Um, and so now whenever I travel, that's sort of what I look for. Like, I love the views. I love all the activities, but it feels a little void if I'm not meeting people in the area and getting to like see their lives for, for what they actually are. Um, mm. And sort of just invest in different people as they invest in my life as well. Um, so cool. That's like your why in it. That's what keeps you going and what <laughs> kind of motivates you and lights a fire within you every different place that you go. Yeah. It sounds like. People change everything. I love that. That's so cool. So you came back, I imagine, just like totally changed. Yeah. Actually, I um, ended in Montenegro and I figured, you know, I'm already in Europe and flights are super inexpensive from country to country. So I actually flew. I convinced a friend to fly into Switzerland and we explored around Switzerland, Germany, Austria together. And then I flew home, but definitely changed. After this missions trip what what did you do like you you were it sounds 2016 you said so you were like 20 years old you went home and then you started traveling again or what happened next yeah so I just took some family trips um actually right after I got back um, my family and I went on a trip around the states um then I moved to a different town and from there, I was only there for a couple months before I decided to hop on this other mission trip. They had already begun. They were about three months into it. Uh, but they were traveling around the States living out of a van. And I did that for eight months with them. And sort of had about like a year or two um, because of COVID, just staying in Florida. I mean, exploring around the States a little bit, but not going anywhere overseas. And when did, when did the, it was Romania, right? You lived in Romania or no. lived in gypsies in Romania? Oh, that was uh, Albania. Albania, excuse me. Albania. When did that, when, tell us about that. When was that? What did, how did you find these people? So that was five years ago. Um, and back in 2016 on the original mission trip, um, so I didn't actually plan any of that. It was with the organization I was um, on mission with. And so basically we were connected to um, a group. It was like two Texans and then one from like the UK and another from St. Lucia. And they were so much fun. Um, but they were our contacts. We got to live in the Roma community, and basically, um, it's like a really tiny town called Albazan. And there's this bridge leading into the Roma gypsy community that we actually got to stay in, which was just awesome because there was no separation between, okay, we're Americans, we're on this side of the bridge versus Chinese mm. on the other side. We got to live life with them, and so it was so much fun walking outside like every day and all the kids like running up to running up to us and wanting to play they found out I was ticklish and so I literally got sworn by like 20 kids <laughs> um, it was just a lot of fun to see how they lived to be dragged into their houses and having coffee together with them um, getting dragged into like wedding ceremonies and experiencing Whoa. that um, 
it was just, it was a really cool time. Um, I actually on this past trip got to go back and see all of them, and it was absolutely priceless. <laughs> because one of the little boys he saw saw me, and he didn't recognize me at first, so I showed him like old pictures, and he he's looking at me, and he starts to put his hand on his head, and his eyes are big, and he's like, Hannah Montana. <laughs> Oh, Poe, yes, that's that's me. And getting to, like, see all of them again and dance through the streets um, like we did years before. It just brought back so many memories, and I felt at home immediately. Oh, my goodness. And I bet I bet all those little children are, are so much, like, bigger. And did you even recognize them? I recognized them for sure, but they they had grown so much. I sort of felt like an old person for a minute. <laughs> What happened to y'all? You were babies when I last saw you. And how did you get back into touch with them? Did you just have their, like, WhatsApp and you just messaged them saying you were in the area? Or So I messaged the couple. Um, the, the lady from the UK is married to the guy from St. Lucia. So I messaged them and told them that I was in Montenegro and wanted to come and see them all in Albania. They were my contacts a second time. But um, the... the uh, the Romanians they actually didn't know I was coming um so it was cool to see like the surprise on their face when they saw me and the most recent time that you were there just you know a couple months ago how long were you there for I was there for only I think it was like four days (laughs) oh not enough time not nearly enough time well you'll definitely end up going back and like you'll probably go to those kids like wedding someday or something like that oh goodness that's a crazy thought. The types of relationships and like the caliber of relationships that you that you form when you're on the road are just so much different. It's it's almost hard to put words to because when you're when you like when you grow up in a certain place in a certain community like everybody around you is going to be fairly similar but then you do something like Hannah did where she went and lived with people that were completely different from her and like there are certain elements of it being uncomfortable, but there are also these amazing elements of like, you get to experience something completely different from if you would have just stayed at home in Florida. So true. And there's this piece of um, camaraderie that's sort of built when you go, like when you step outside of your comfort zone, because you're forced Mm -hmm. to grow, you're forced to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then those, those connections, they last like a lifetime. I just got off the phone last week with this guy I met in Washington State. Floored around Washington and then Canada together um, for a couple weeks. And we had like what? All and we hadn't talked in like almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's those connections that really last forever. So like, I I want to talk about you hitchhiking Iceland. Um, maybe that's a good a good next place that we can go into because then I'm I'm very curious to talk to you about trust and I think a lot of travelers as a lot of women travelers especially if they're doing it by themselves like they hear stories like this and they're like oh my god that's amazing first of all where do I start and second of all like how do I trust other people how do I trust myself but before we jump into all of that can you tell us a little bit about your hitchhiking Iceland story for sure Because of COVID, I hadn't gone overseas in, like, about two years. I mean, I haven't traveled in two years. I hadn't been overseas in five years. I got that mixed up. (laughs) Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. COVID really crushed travel. Right? Um, And so 
I had just been itching to go back abroad and um, I knew that Norway was a country I wanted to visit most in Europe. And so I also wanted to explore around from Norway. Iceland was cheaper to fly into. So I was like, okay, I'll just start in Iceland. And then from past experiences, I'd seen like the hitchhiking culture around different places in Europe. Um, and decided like, okay, I'm going to Iceland. I'll just hitchhike Iceland. I had done any research or anything. I knew nothing. Um, but after, after researching it and after deciding like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I found out that Iceland is actually the safest place in the world to hitchhike. And, um, it was one of the most expensive places to rent a car. So it's like, ah, this is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as far as just traveling solo, I, all my friends who would travel, they were already doing their own thing. They already had plans. And so it's like, I'm not missing an opportunity just because no one can come. So you, you didn't really have any sort of a plan with Iceland. You, you just kind of Googled randomly that about hitchhiking around there or someone told you about this. Yeah. I just Googled after I decided to hitchhike, um, and found out. Like, it was the safest place. So, it's like, ah, perfect. You decided to hitchhike before you knew it was safe. Hannah, you're my hero. (laughs) I don't know. People look at me like I'm crazy on a regular basis. They're like, "Um, maybe you should do more research next time if you're going by yourself. (laughs) I mean, it worked out, though, right? Like, we were talking before about how there's just no coincidences and how, like, in situations like this, I just believe that you're so protected. So, it's not ironic to me that you chose... Like, out of all the places in the world, you happen to choose the place that it's most safe to travel or to hitchhike around, especially being a woman. Yes, I'm telling you, like, I don't know, there was a there was a piece with that. That's not how I just operate all the time. And then as I did research, I was like, wow. (laughs) So, okay, so you you arrived in Iceland. Are you just traveling with are you just backpacking? Yes, backpacking. Okay, cool. And how do you like, I've never hitchhiked. I've never done anything like this. This is really like, I think I'm crazy. And then I hear stories like this. And I'm like, wow, Lauren, you really need to up your game. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know about up your game. (laughs) You do you. No, but like, this is this is great for me to hear because I think I'm pushing myself. And then I, I hear how somebody else pushes themselves. And like, it just takes all the fear away from what yeah. I, what I'm doing, right? Like, it's such a big deal until you see the person that's doing something like three levels ahead of you. And then you're like, wait, but that's so awesome. And I can totally go and do that too. And what I'm doing is amazing because that's the level that I'm at, but I can be at this other level. So like, it's just, it's just really cool to hear. But I honestly, like, I, I wouldn't even know where to start, like from customs. You give them your passport. <laughs> And then what do you do? You just walk to the road and you stick your thumb out? Like, what is this process? I actually didn't know either. There was a moment where I was like, um. (laughs) Actually, when I landed, I thought my luggage had been lost because everyone got their luggage off the little conveyor belt. And I was just standing there with one other guy and we're both like, um, (laughs) but they had actually set my luggage aside just because of all the straps. It had to be separated. Mm. Um, and we eventually found them, but I was like, wow, I'm in Iceland right now with zero plans and nothing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> no one, no car. <laughs> yeah, I was panicked or anything. I was like, I'm pretty interested in seeing how this pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually took a taxi from my from the airport to a campsite. And um, so uh, I didn't hitchhike every little thing. I There was a taxi and then I took a couple buses. But that's how I sort of got the ball rolling. And then I met this girl at a campsite. Um, and she actually hitchhiked with me the next day uh that was my first time hitchhiking so she taught me um it was the coolest thing because she was 18 years old (laughs) oh my gosh I know you meet these like 18 year olds who have been like I've been to all seven continents I freaking ran Timbuktu like I birthed four elephants and they're like 12 years old (laughs) it's like what and they're not making this up like they're not pulling it out of nowhere I am experiencing this with them and I'm watching them like I'm yes own eyes and <laughs> I'm <blown away. laughs> but she taught me how to hitchhike and it was so funny because like I'm 25 she's 18 and we're standing on the side of the road in the rain and I'm trying to like hitchhike from the side of the road I'm not going to get hit on and she's like no Hannah you have to stand on the other side so that because that's the direction we're going and I'm like you know that makes sense but I also don't want to get hit um right <laughs> you're like I want to I want to get away with this with my life please thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it was just a lot of fun. We spent like a day together and met the coolest people and it was cool. Okay, so I know very minimal about hitchhiking, as I mentioned before. Do you, I, I know that in certain places, like if you stick your thumb out, it means something different than yeah. it does in other places. In Iceland, what is the, what's the etiquette for hitchhiking? <laughs> it's just your thumb. Um, but I know what you're talking about. In Thailand, I'd hitch a couple rides with some friends. Um, and you sort of just had to stick, like, your your palm out facing down in a way. Mm. I guess your hand bended down to the ground. But Iceland, you can definitely just stick out your thumb and everything's all good. Okay, cool. Very good to know. And so you, you how long did it take for you guys to get your first ride with your thumbs out? Mm, maybe, like, half an hour. It wasn't that long. And did, did many cars pass you by and not pick you up? Or... Um, a handful of them did, but it wasn't too bad. And was there was there ever like? Oh, actually, what was the first person that picked you up? What were, or the couple? What were they like? Uh, it was actually a girl in high school. Oh. <laughs> she was super sweet. She got, We asked her, we're like, so do you do this often? She's like, only with girls. Um, but hitchhiking is actually pretty common in Iceland, and so, um, that wasn't like out of the out of the norm for her to pick us up um but it was cool listening to her talk and how she actually didn't like Iceland and how um she was excited to graduate so that she could also travel um and we were talking about like how could you not love Iceland like it's gorgeous mm-hmm. and um it just speaks into how we're each wired so different um we have our own preferences our own personalities and perspectives and mm-hmm. she didn't like all the camping and exploring and all the nature type thing type stuff which is what Iceland really consists a lot of and so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it was just it was cool to hear her 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 view on it having lived there and being so young you know she was in high school so wow yeah Iceland is is like 
other planetary. I don't know how to describe it. It feels like Mars. Yeah. Well, you've been. Yes, I've been. But I was there for 24 hours and I had strep throat. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a blast. (laughs) It was. It was like, yeah, it was a time. It was during the first windstorm that they had of the season, too. So, like, you Mm. could you could lean into the wind and it would basically catch you which was kind of crazy yeah um, but it was a time yeah it was an experience <laughs> I, I would maybe try and go back and do it a little differently <laughs> so did you just stay in Reykjavik no I found this really cute Airbnb with these like Viking ponies and I had such a good idea of like going and like riding these ponies and going to the beach and we I was with my friend Haley we rented a car and um and everything and then we both got sick and it was a really bad windstorm and so it was it yeah we didn't do any of the cute little things that I thought I was going to but it was it was it was in like the south of Iceland I I, for people that don't know Iceland and Reykjavik are like very expensive actually yes so expensive Ugh. so it's like not not even just like the renting the car it's like everything there is just ridiculous like even going to the grocery store so Hannah was very, very smart by by cutting the cost of, of gas and, and travel and stuff like that. But yeah, no, super, super gorgeous, super beautiful. It on Again, it just, I don't know if you feel this way, but I felt like it just, it felt like the terrain was nothing like I'd ever seen before in my life. Never. And it was funny because you would be in one area and then like half an hour later, you would be in a totally different place. Like you felt mm-hmm. one minute. Like you were standing on a glacier and the next you were on Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like black sand beaches. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Super weird. So did you, So okay, wait, so you, how long did you travel with this girl from high school slash like what was the dropping off situation? Did you get where you needed to go? Did you have to get another car? Uh, the girl with, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> sometimes your rides just mesh together. Um, mm-hmm maybe around 45 minutes and we definitely got where we needed to go. She actually went out of her way to drop us like right off at our destination, which was super sweet. Oh, sweetheart. I know. (laughs) And Iceland, um, the people picking you up are mostly tourists. And so you're all going in the general, like same direction. Um, You either like have people going on the golden circle or the ring road and so you run into a lot of the same people, which is cool. But every now and then you have locals pick you up and it's fun because they'll take you on detours and show you around different areas and give you like more historical facts and tell you what it was like growing up in Iceland and how mm-hmm. they, um, all of the like geothermally heated resources they have to heat everything. Like you can take the longest showers ever in Iceland because uh, it costs them virtually nothing. Wow. Uh, and so it was just super cool to experience different cultures in Iceland through the tourists picking you up or hearing more about Iceland itself. And with that girl from high school, it was hearing more about Iceland itself from a high schooler's point of view. Mm-hmm. That, like, was unique. Wow. So do you know, like, roughly how many rides you took during your time hitchhiking in Iceland? Like, was it 10 different people you uh you went into a car with like uh probably closer to like 20 to 35 
Oh my god! And were you with this other this other eighteen year old girl the whole time, or did you were you did did you like solo it for some of it? No, we were actually there for like together. Uh, it was one or two days, um, but we would text each other like, "Hey, how are you doing? Where are you? That's cool." Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we were only there together for about a day or two. And then you did it by yourself. Yeah, but you also run into the same people over and over, and so it doesn't really feel like you're by yourself. It was funny because um, there would be days where you sort of you meet people at campsites, mm-hmm. and then you sort of you don't tell each other, but you sort of like make it a competition to see who can get to the next spot. <laughs> um, oh. And it was fun when I would show up first and people would be like, how in the world did you beat us? We started out before you. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. You're like, I swam there. I rode a donkey. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Boat and I beat you. (laughs) And you you said that it's mostly tourists that you would hitchhike with? Uh, Mostly. There was this one day, though, where I was praying. I was like, Lord, can I just... Um, have all locals pick me up today and usually when you have people pick you up um, it's like one car or two cars and you just spend the day with them Um, but this day when I was praying for all locals I had three separate locals pick me up and each of them were so different um, which was just so much fun Um, but yeah I definitely loved it probably the most when the locals pick me up because we I got to see like different parts that most people don't get to see oh cool did they was there anyone that was like oh I'm on my way to work but like screw it I'm just gonna take you to this cool hot spring or something (laughs) like was did did anything like that ever happen for sure there was this guy he was actually a year younger than me um he picked me up and he was so funny because he was actually he worked for his dad and he had this truck and had like two tons of construction material on the back. And um, he was just so excited to pick up an American and wanted to hear all about Florida and told me how he went to California. But he we went like a back way um, through the mountains and he was telling me he was trying to make me scared <laughs> the oh. last time he did that with um, like the same amount of weight on the back of his truck. He actually slid down the mountain. Oh. <laughs> well if that happens I can help you get help get you out um but it was cool because we were going through pretty steep roads in the mountains and there were so many waterfalls to the side it was just more rugged um and then he also shared like bits and pieces of his life and um those are sort of the moments that I like those are the reasons I decided to hitchhike I don't think they're glamorous, but they're definitely, you get more adventure. <laughs> I feel like there is more substance to, um, like, the adventuring than just doing what everyone else is doing. You sort of have to, again, step outside of your comfort zone in order to experience those things. Mm. Uh, and I feel like the the reward um, has a greater payoff. Totally. Totally. Oh, my God. How do you get, like, the initial just I mean, it's it's one thing to even think of doing something like that and then, like, having the courage to actually follow through and one morning wake up and be like, well, I think I'm going to hitchhike today. Like, I'm really <laughs> going to do it. Like, how do you – do you just do it? Like, what is your – how do you just do it, you know? It's sort of like – for me, um, 
and this is going to be a roundabout way of explaining it, but you know when you're jumping off, like when you're cliff jumping, mm-hmm. there's something about like jumping off of high areas into water for me that just scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it right away without thinking about it, like the fear is initially there. Um, you lose your breath for a second, but then you feel like on top of the world in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like that. It's just like having the initial idea, thinking it through briefly. But um, if I feel peace from it, like I know God is a God of peace. He's not a God of confusion. And so letting him lead me in that, but just not overthinking it and just going for it. If I overthink it, most likely I won't do it. It's so interesting how these things are, they're planted in your mind for a reason too, right? Like anything could, any sort of seed of any story, of any travel, of any lack of travel, work, whatever can be planted in your mind. And you're like, well, I got the hitchhiking seed and for whatever reason, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking to a family friend um, about how I wanted to go skydiving and he was saying like, yeah, I used to want to go skydiving, like, when I was younger, but now I don't really want to, and that's sort of stuck in my head of, like, wow, you know, I hear that so often, like, there are things that I wanted to do when I was younger, but now I don't really care about, and Mm -hmm. it scares me in a sense, it's like, wow, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity now Mm -hmm. when I want to do it, and Mm -hmm. then look back and think, like, I didn't do that like, why did I not do that? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out in a sense. And so why not do it right away? Mm, I agree. And I, I've been feeling the same thing, especially being in your mid 20s. It's like, okay, I don't want this to turn to apathy. Like, it it doesn't matter that it's not something that I'm interested in now. It matters that I was interested in it at one point, and I didn't go after it. And now I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like, Okay, so bungee jumping. I haven't bungee jumped, but I want to. Um, And I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, actually, you know, I don't really want to, but that's more fear controlling that. Like, Mm. ah, you know, it has less of an appeal. It's like, okay, I don't want fear to just not cripple, but sort of hold me back from doing something that would be freeing and would be exciting and exhilarating, you know? I don't know, it's just those types of things. Like, why not take advantage of them now while I have an interest, like what you're talking about? Yeah. So when you were hitchhiking, did you, just kind of getting into more practical logistical details, did you have any sort of boundaries or guidelines that you set for when you chose the car that you went into? Like, if I'm by myself, I won't be with a man or I'll only be with a woman or a couple. Did you have any sort of, like, boundaries with that or rules you set for yourself? That's such a good question. Um... You know, I didn't necessarily know um, starting off, which I think it is good to know before you set out to hitchhike. Um, my my thought process was just to feel out the situations. Um, but the girl, the 18-year-old I was telling you about that taught me how to hitchhike, um, she said that she doesn't get in the car with um, any truck drivers. And so I was like, okay, that's good to know because she's been hitchhiking. I'm like, okay, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did end up getting in the truck with that one guy I told you about. Uh, but he was like my age. Could have definitely taken him had I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> um, 
You're like uh, ready to throw hands if I need to. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> um, and just, I don't know. Like, he seemed fine. I wasn't going to get in the truck with any and every guy. Oh, there was one other guy, but he was um, super helpful. He was trying to get me in a better location. I was like, perfect. And it just worked out well. Um, but honestly, like, people in Iceland are super safe. If I were going to, like, um, Spain, I would be a little more, um, set in specific boundaries. It was just, like, people offering a ride, sort of getting a feel for them and saying yes or no. I did. (laughs) There was one I should not have taken. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't safe, but... He just dropped me off in the middle of nowhere, which ended up to be such a God thing. Um, It was super cool. Um, What happened? (laughs) So he picked me. I was in Husavik, um, which is halfway around Iceland. And it's like considered the whale watching area for Iceland. And I had stayed there for a couple of days, sort of just um, met this girl who worked at the swimming pools and her parents were in town. So I stayed with them. He was the uh, um, cook for the ambassador in Zambia. Uh, but I was leaving there and trying to make it back to Keflavik to catch my flight in two days. And the guy picks me up. He, sometimes you just know, you're like, this is not the best. <laughs> this yeah. is not the best um, ride to catch. But for some reason, I took it. Um, I felt like it was safe, but there was something off. <laughs> sure, sounds... like a weird vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was cool getting to talk to him. He actually lost his brother um, in a car accident a couple of years prior. So we got to talk about all of that. And I felt like it was just such a good ride to take. Um, like it didn't, something was definitely off but he was wrestling with things and it was good to be able to talk with him and to hear mm-hmm. more of the story. Um, basically, I wanted to get dropped off at Datiklas Waterfalls and he dropped me off, and that's inside of a national park. He dropped me off by a sign to the national park um, in the middle of nowhere. There was a gas station nearby. And so I walked in the gas station and asked them like where it was and they said it was like 10 kilometers kilometers away they're like you were not walking no. um and so it's like okay I will just stand on the corner and stick out my thumb um everyone was going there were barely any cars but everyone was going in the wrong direction oh my god and so I was like well I guess I was sort of just laughing I was like well you know I, I did choose to get in the car with them and um what am I going to do now like it was just sort of funny um I was safe but it was like I sort of have to be at an airport in two days. <laughs> I'm halfway around the country. Yeah. Um, I just walked to the national park, which wasn't 10 kilometers away. It was a little closer. And it was actually one of the most bland national parks I've ever been to. Well, I remember walking through this um, golf course up to, like, it was in a gorge. So I, like, hiked up to the top of the gorge and just sat up there and just just worship and so it was just a moment where I was able to be still because when you're traveling solo you sort of have to be more aware than you would with a group uh, especially as a female and so I was just on guard on the time all the time without necessarily realizing it and sort of being able to take a breath was awesome I met this couple who 
um, when they found out I was going to Venice next, they were giving me all the pointers and they just got so excited. And so it really hyped me up for um, Venice. And then I walked back to where I'd originally been dropped off. And I dropped my pack off at the stop sign and went inside to grab a sandwich because I knew it was going to be a long day. And this couple, like, they were leaving when I walked up and they turned around um, and came up to me and they asked like, Hey, are you hitchhiking? I was like, yeah, I'm hitchhiking. And they were like, we thought so. Cause you left your bag at the stop sign. <laughs> and that's one thing. Like if someone wants to steal that bag, like good luck. Um, it's not really, it's got a tent. It's got a sleeping bag. I don't know why you wouldn't take it. Yeah. Um, all my valuables with me, my day pack, but they were actually going to the same exact place that I was trying to get to. Where <laughs> like, like there's no one around and the one like the one car that stops and they're going in the same direction are going to the same place I'm going to. Wow. Which, and it's all because you left your bag. And people are always like, Don't leave your bag in random places and you're like, I'm gonna leave it at the stop sign in Iceland and meet the coolest people. Yeah, it's not uncommon to just leave your bag real quick to go grab, like, a sandwich or something, but it's it wasn't something I normally did. Um, yeah, which was, yeah. Um, that, that's what happened from that. But, yeah, I got to spend the day with them, and, well, the rest of the day with them, and they were from France, and so they actually also hitchhiked in their past and getting to hear, like, their experiences and stories with that was awesome. But that day I actually – got dropped off in Husavik where I started uh, <laughs> so it's like oh no like I have to be at the airport in two days and huh. I'm at the same exact spot I started in but um it was a whale watching region of Iceland um and so like a couple days beforehand I had spent some time walking around the docks and just asking people if they wanted help for a day because I wanted to see whales but I didn't want to do it the touristy way uh like I said already I like to experience the culture of different places and so I actually like this guy was putting his water in the boat and I said hi like I went through my spiel of do you need help I would love to help you oh my Um, gosh Hannah that's so cool wow you have like wow I that takes some balls dude yeah I was like I want to see whales but I don't really want to do like the touristy um attraction stuff I want to do it more naturally he was like yeah of course you can join me it'll be about 15 minutes and I had to run back to the swimming pools to get my clothes out of the dryer because I was wearing like a shirt like a short sleeve shirt um I was not ready for the water in Iceland and so I came back and he looked at me he was like all confused and I said I'm ready he goes oh, I did not know you were serious. I said, oh, yes, I'm, of course I am serious. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, then. <laughs> he's like, I did not know you would come back. <laughs> um, so much fun because he would take me out on his boat and he kept looking at me and smiling and just laughing. Um, and I was like, what? He said, I just cannot believe it. This this random American dog asked me to if I can ride in her boat and he would have me like stand at different points in the boat and he would just take pictures he's like my friends will not believe this <laughs> he took me to this puffin island and all the puffins had flown away but he promised me that we would see puffins and um they were all gone I was like Joel this is what I was telling you everyone's telling me they're gone um and so he gave me we went back um and he gave me 10 of his puffins just to eat <laughs> I was what? like what oh my god Uh, it was so much fun but um yeah just from getting picked up 
by a person that seemed a little off, um, which I was safe. It just, I don't know, there was something off. And getting dropped off in the wrong spot um, and going back to the same place I started. I actually, that evening, I've never hitched um, a ride in the evening just because everyone's like turning in for the night. Like you're not going to get a ride that way. And you don't want to be traveling at night. It's just not fun. Um, I was standing on a corner. So I had hitched a boat like two days before. I got the wrong, dropped off at the wrong spot and ended up at the same place I started. This guy um, pulls over, picks me up, and he's dropping me off at this other campsite, making my way closer to the airport. And we're past, we're going over this bridge and we see this boat and he stops. He goes, do you see that? And um, I said, no, he goes, that is a whale. And he was the captain of a whale watching boat. And so what? over and he starts telling me like all the details of this whale, what they eat, their swimming patterns, um, um, like all these details, what kind of whale it is. And I literally got my own personalized whale, like private whale watching tour. That's so cool it's like you got everything you asked for plus more somehow plus so much more yeah oh I love that what a cool story thank you so much for sharing <laughs> you're doing a great job following over over wow following along <laughs> with all of my crazy rabbit hole stories like okay. I told you earlier I'm sort of all over the place when I tell a story no you're doing an amazing job at telling the stories and really, <laughs> like they they all just keep on getting more interesting like it's not like you're telling the same story a million times. Like all of these are like, wow, they're like, oh my God, there's another one. You're like an infomercial. With your... <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's so much more. <laughs> See, I get planned so many things, but like so ma- a whole itinerary. But when I just sort of plan like an initial thing and roll from there, mm-hmm. it always ends up to be this wild, wild story that I would have never thought up. And at first, like, as it's happening, it doesn't always seem like it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I get, like, through the craziness, and I realize, like, wow, this is actually perfect. It is so cool, though, how, like, if you if you plan so much down to the T, like, by saying yes to these things, like, which, which bring a certain sense of comfort, and, like, if there's a place that you go and you really want to see something, then, yeah, absolutely see it, but if you if you say if you're like if you go somewhere and you're like I don't know what I want to see like let the story unfold to you because if you say yes to all of these things in advance then you're kind of like saying no to the magic that could happen that you don't even know exists yet yes that's so true like when I started doing a little more research with Iceland after I decided I wasn't going to rent a car and that I was going to hitchhike um I I knew that I wanted to hike the Luca Vega Trail and then continue on to the trail that follows after. I don't know how to say the trail's name. It starts with an F. Um, mm-hmm. but, and so it's going to be four to six days. But night one, I met this girl from Ireland, and she actually dropped me off at the volcano that had just erupted, and I injured my leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, And so that just rerouted all my plans, which, I mean, was just to hike that trail and then explore around Iceland, whatever that looked like. And so I just find it so interesting. I started out this trip going, okay, I'm going to trust that God does provide and just seeing how he provides through 
me not planning, knowing that he he sees everything. I don't know. I feel like there's something contrary in saying, like, okay, I trust you, but then still making a plan. Mm. Um, and, like, you see at the end how my one plan didn't even happen. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I see him in that. And um, I'm so grateful it happened the way it happened because I would have probably never had these stories had I hiked the trail. Planned every single thing. Wow. Yeah. Like trusting your intuition in the moment too to like make pivots is so cool, Hannah. <laughs> it's so amazing that you do that, that you just are so like present in the moment and not attached. Like you don't have any attachment to the plan or the story that you have that if something comes up and you're like, wow, this this feels good or this feels aligned in the moment, you just go with it. Like that that's such a it's it's like almost a life skill having that sort of um connection with like your own body and mind and spirit i'm not going to meet the same people i would have met had i followed through with all my plans and i'm not going to have the same conversations like you and i would have never met in croatia like we wouldn't be having this conversation right now i wouldn't have gotten to know a little bit of your backstory i wouldn't true true we totally wouldn't have met and let me tell you it took a fair share of like missed flights and what is happening to me (laughs) (laughs) like like skipping trips and going on different ones to to meet Hannah exactly what you said and it feels like in the moment like why is everything going wrong but then you have moments like this where we're getting to know each other and having a conversation and we met in Croatia and that just wouldn't have happened if certain things wouldn't have gone like quote-unquote wrong but at the end of the day we're safe and healthy and yeah happy and protected so before we got on the call um you said like we both said that we don't believe in coincidences um mm-hmm. like what you were talking about <laughs> with missing all the flights and so on like you can see it in both of our stories of how you know meeting each other isn't just a coincidence there's purpose in it totally all right well i like to kind of wrap up each episode with a lightning round question just things that i you know think would be really interesting to hear your answer about so um i am going to get started with that the first one and you you might have kind of already answered this but i'm not actually sure um (laughs) who who is somebody that you met during your travels that you just will never forget there are a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) yeah mind and I think they're the first that comes to mind because it was one of the first places I went to um was Yoni he was this guy from Israel um who I just kept crossing paths with on my trip um Mm. like as I said before when you're in Iceland everyone's sort of doing like one of two different roads and we would just run into each other all the times and we would just play pranks on each other when we found out the other was in the area and so there would be like short brief moments where you would just meet and have conversations and you would think that would be it but then like a couple days later you would cross paths again and so really getting to hear the storyline of each other's lives was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. Um, and then still keeping in touch was awesome oh I it's it's crazy how like consistency and just like the people that you stay in communication with play such a role it's not even like necessarily a crazy story but you're like the fact that we keep coming into each other's lives speaks volumes yeah I feel like that happens a lot uh with a lot of travelers and it's the simple moments that really lead to something extravagant so 
like I know with you even running into a lot of people you know over and over mm-hmm. um, something special about that for sure um okay so we talked a lot about like trusting your intuition having a kind of a faith that you're making the right decision and that you're protected but do you have any sort of like resource whether it be like a blog or it could honestly be like find my friends like some sort of uh it it could be um I don't I don't even know like I I made a joke earlier I'm like oh if you have your like you know your knife that you just feel really safe carrying or something like that (laughs) do you have some sort of like a tip or a resource that you carry as a a female solo traveler so it's not really it's more for peace of mind Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm mm-hmm have a pocket knife that I carry just for camping and whatnot. So I'm like, have that easily accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that that's not going to do too, too much um, in a crazy situation, but it does make me feel a little more at ease. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have an alarm, but it's almost like your resources, like your, your like personality or like outgoingness, your, your like willingness to learn (laughs) from others in a way. I guess there's just this hunger of when I get to an area um, to really experience the culture. And so if I'm doing that, I'm also picking up on um, areas that are safe, areas that are not, um, what I can expect from specific um, places I go into or specific streets and so on. And so it's just I get most of my information by word of mouth when I'm traveling. And then the last question is, what is your dream sort of next destination? It could be like, I want to live on a houseboat in the South of India. It could be, I want to go to all seven (laughs) continents. It could be, I want to live in a treehouse in Bali. Like what is your sort of dream next situation? I'm going to call it a situation because it's not usually the standard vacation for you. (laughs) Um, You know, I've always had this dream of exploring the Amazon. Uh, My brother also wants to do that. And so we're talking about going to flying into Quito and um, meeting up with some of my friends who are chilling there for a few days and then um, exploring around the Amazon. We're still working on all the details. We're looking at doing it this summer. Mm. Um, Really getting in the depths of the jungle, exploring the Nile. Um, We're probably going to have to, because I'm bringing him, he's like 16, um, find maybe a few tour guides or something, get a little more informed than just go out by myself. Um, but I don't know. There's something about being in the wild that sort of just excites us both. Wow. Cool. Brings you both together. Oh my gosh. I, I have, I feel so just encouraged and I hate to overuse the word inspired, but truly like it's not even an inspiration as much as it is like, this is what's possible. And that's like the courage and, going after what you want in the moment and like not overthinking things is it really it shines through you and um and it makes me really excited about the future and about traveling so thank you so much for just from me personally like for sharing your story and coming on and um your many stories and I'm so excited to have other people listen as well and just have your story be like a testament to what's possible anything is possible is there a place that people can find you, um, like Instagram, website, something like that? Uh, yeah, I have Instagram. Um, I haven't really used it much, but I've started using it a little bit more as people have been wanting to follow along with different adventures. But it's just Jolly, so J-O-L-I um, underscore Hannah. Beautiful. And I will include that in 
the show notes. It's so it's so interesting because Hannah, your last name means like happy heart, which I'm sure you know that yeah. in yeah. French. And it's just like it just it just is you. It's so <laughs> how you are, and it's yeah, I love it. Oh, <laughs> so thank <precious>. you. <laughs> our names are part of our identity. Like when you think about it, at least your first name, like that's what you're answering to. So Hannah means gracious. So whenever anyone says like, Hannah, let's go over here. or Hey, Hannah. And you're acknowledging it. It's like, yes. Like you're acknowledging the definition of your name, which I think is so cool, which is a huge reason I love my last name. Yes. Oh, it is a beautiful last name. Again, thank you, Hannah, for being, for being on this episode of the podcast. And I look forward to following along with your adventures. I'm so glad we met. Me too. And thanks for having me. Of course. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thank you.